Go. It's the only wrestling podcast on earth with one two-time X Division champion, the man behind the man behind the man at Impact Wrestling. He's my best friend and yours now. That's Petey Williams. How's she going, eh? This guy has been rocking the world. One of my favorite people of all time. I grew up listening to Rancid, and I am pleased to call him a friend, and I cannot wait until I like him better than Petey Williams. That's Lars Fredrickson. How's it going, everyone? Lars, I want you this week to introduce our guest. Well, you know, thanks, Dennis, because right now we've got one of my favorite wrestlers that's happening today. I love everything that he does, puts his body on the line. He falls down flights of stairs. He skateboards like he's like 16 years old. I mean, I don't know how he does it, but if I could bottle his energy and sell it, I'd be richer than Petey Williams. But... <laughs> So, everybody give a warm welcome to my good friend, Mr. Darby Allen. Howdy. What up, everybody? Darby. So you're, you're in your car dr- driving around. <laughs> yeah, I was just uh, I was doing a skate park tour today and just checking out all the spots down here in uh, Winter Park, uh, Florida, Apopka, and Orlando, wherever. So. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. I'm going to start the question out, guys. And Darby, you you just got done with your first run with a major wrestling championship on a major wrestling show. What have you learned from this first run as a champion? Oh, man, I learned that given the opportunity, given that goddamn ball and running with it, that's all I ever wanted. And uh, making the most out of it and making the title mean more by the end of the run, that's like, that's like the number one thing I, I learned is that you either do something with it or, you know, it overshadows you. And I didn't want any of that shit to overshadow me. So I was just uh, running with every opportunity, put my body on the line, getting thrown down flights of stairs, whatever the fuck it was. (laughs) That's awesome because, you know, they usually say, and I'm sure you heard this saying a lot, it's like, uh, you know, sometimes uh, the person that holds the title they elevate that title. Sometimes the the title elevates that person, right? So what I want to know is, uh, you know, they they set you up. They said, you know, you're going to be TNT champion. Um, when did you know that you were going to get that belt? Was it like that day or were they like, oh, yeah, here's the storyline that's going to lead to it? Like, how, how did that all come about? See, I don't really ask questions. So I didn't even know leading into it if I was going to win. And then someone's like, dude, you're winning. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll, I'll make, I'll, like, I just didn't want to, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the combination of just hearing people lie so much in life that you kind of take shit, you know, not, you know, you don't want to hear it until it's there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I found out like that day and, you know, I was hyped about it and I just wanted to make the most of that whole opportunity. But like I said, I don't really ask that much questions. I just run with whatever they gave me. And then on the other end, before you, before Lars, on the other end, when you, when you just recently dropped the title, was it the same thing? Like the day of they're like, Hey man, sorry, but you know, you're dropping the title tonight. No, that's a different story. Okay. (laughs) So what happened with that now? And I I was, uh, I was hyped. Like I was hyped to uh, go out when I did because I was having those string of main events and we were drawing good numbers when I was main eventing and, you know, it's like I didn't want to overstay my welcome. 
was like, what the fuck? When's this guy going to lose? <laughs> like, I didn't want to be that guy. You know, like, I don't have no ego when it comes to this. I was like, dude, I'm ready to roll out when, uh, when the, when I'm on top with it. So, you know, it was good, dude. I really liked it. Well, you know, one of the things that I notice about you is, is you're very forward thinking and especially in this business that I always felt was like 10 years behind the curve culturally, you know, and, but I see you and what you're doing in AEW and I'm thinking to myself, okay. And I know this is, this is going to be completely off what I just said, but when you, when I, I've watched you skateboard and it's like, when you biff, you bump, like you bump off your skateboard and then like kind of vice versa. So I'm wondering, like learning how to wrestle, does that, did that help you learn how to fall off a skateboard better? No, uh, it was the opposite. Learning how to skateboard made me how to bump better in the ring. I remember like the first day I was at wrestling school, my trainer was like, you know, like taking bumps and whatnot. And he was like looking at me like, yo, so how's it feel? Does it hurt? And I was like, no, nah, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I've been falling on concrete my whole damn life. And then at first he was a little offended by it, but then I would show him the videos and then he's like, holy shit, I can't argue with that. So uh, just the years of falling on a skateboard, I, I feel like it, it got my pain tolerance way up high. So I talked to Tony Hawk about it. I was like, dude, how can you be like 50 some just still raging on the skateboard? He's like, I just didn't stop. So the fact that like, I was like, I'm trying to intertwine that. I just don't stop. If I'm, I have a wrestling ring downstairs in my house. So if I don't wrestle, train, I'm skateboarding and vice versa, whatever other stunts I do. So I just never stop and my body feels great. So. Well, one time, you know, I just want to piggyback on that because you mentioned, you know, Tony Hawk. And it's like we had him skateboarding in a, in a video of ours, one of the Rancid videos one time. And he, he fell pretty hard, you know, big bruise down his leg. And we're like, hey, man, as we're filming, you want to take a break? And he goes, no, if I take a break right now, my body will just freeze up and I'll feel that bruise. You know what I mean? And I imagine it's somewhat the same for wrestlers. And I'm sure, Petey, maybe you can attest to this. But like, is that the case for you guys? Like if you if, like, I mean, you know, not wrestling for as consistently like on an every night basis. Do you find that you're you're feeling those bumps and bruises a little bit more? What do you think, Darby? I mean, I, I, on my end, I mean, we just had a string and you guys do a string of tapings too. It seems like, uh, by the, like you're, you're kind of sore by the day, like two, three or whatever, but then by the day, you know, day four rolls around or whatever, you're like, yeah, this ain't bad, that bad. You know, I kind of, you know, sometimes like bumping, like <laughs> makes you feel better. Like you're like, oh, I, my shoulder hurts, but then you start taking some bumps and the next day you're like, oh, my shoulder's better now. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's how I feel. No, I, I did. No, I definitely get it. I definitely get it. Uh, that's exactly how I go. Um, it was like that cinematic match the last time Revolution, the when we had with Sting. And I remember it's like, all right, action. You do this gnarly ass bump. And then it's like, okay, cut. And then you wait like 20, 30 minutes for the next thing. And I was like, man. <laughs> This is crazy. So like, uh, that's like, that's why I was like, let's keep it going, man. Yeah. And it's just like, but, uh, yeah, I could totally, it sucks, but yeah. it was <laughs> Darby, this is the first time I met you and with all due respect and don't take this the wrong way, but fuck you for being able to live my dream of tag team <laughs> with thing. So, uh, I just gotta tell you, uh, the, the 14, 13 year old me hates you so much that you come out every week with sting. 
did you grow up a wrestling fan? Is this like your geek out dream moment or how, how was your fandom? What was your, I guess, relationship like when, before you met Sting, when you met Sting and now that you've been working with him? So I, uh, I, I grew up a wrestling fan It's just, I never believed that it was very, it was possible growing up to actually do it. You know, like I tell people I graduated high school at 120 pounds and, you know, I was like, there's no, there's no fucking way I'm going to be able to do this. So I was very like always in love with like what sting was about and the whole cinematic approach that he would take and, you know, just the, everything that he would do in the ring. But, uh, now that I know him and I'm like working with him, it's like, it's like, uh, Hey man, this is exactly where I need to be. It feels so natural. You know, we go on trips to LA to film some promos together and it's just, it feels, you know, it's a, it's a killer time. You know, there's no, there's no more like, Oh, there he is. It's just like, dude, just two guys just <laughs> having an awesome time. So. Hanging out. Awesome. So what, what made you, you know, obviously very successful in the skateboarding industry, very successful in the pro wrestling industry. What made you decide like, Hey man, I said, uh, I'm going to, you know, do both or I'm going to, you know, become a pro wrestler now. Like what, what made you decide like, Hey, that's what I'm going to do. I was at, uh, I always, like I said, I always wanted to do professional wrestling. And I remember when I graduated high school, I went up to my dad and I was like, I'm going to do. And he's like, the fuck you are. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like, yeah. like, get real, man. Like go to film school, do something. You and your jerk off friends always film stunts, but just do something. Yeah. I, I went to, I went to film school and I, I remember it fondly. I was going to film school in Arizona. And then I, uh, I went to this one random promotion. I don't even remember the name, but there was nobody of like name value on this independent show. And I was like, man, these guys suck. Like if I, <laughs> if, I, if I could do it, if they could do it, if they're getting like people watching them, I was like, dude, I got to give this a shot. So, you know, I had a falling out of film school. I dropped out and then I um, went to go train in Seattle. And then, um, yeah, like, I don't know, man there's i remember the first year i was training i stopped skateboarding i just thought like that's what professional wrestlers are supposed to do is there's like a like i didn't know like there's just like a code you have to like train 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 you can't let anything else get in the way and then i felt so depressed i was like dude i, I felt like i traded who i was as a human for what i thought people expect a wrestler is supposed to be so then on out i was like you'll fuck everybody <laughs> i'm doing it my way and i don't yeah. give a shit and like you know, that's why I picked up the skateboard and I, again, and I started getting crazy and everything worked out just the way it was meant to be. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask, and we've been asking a lot of the guys who've been coming on and girls is like, now we got this, this forbidden doors open and you got, you know, these bigger promotions working with each other. And, and it seems like it's, it's sort of working and um, it's sort of changed the whole shape and the scope of professional wrestling. Um, what are what are your thoughts on it? Do you think it's better for the business? I know you haven't been here for you know a couple of decades, but you know you still have have had enough experience. What what are you seeing, dude? I I see anybody that wants to take it super serious and doesn't treat this like vacation or like buddies hanging out la like laughing. Like I want to just treat this as a business. So if everybody has that aspect of growing the forbidden door. And it's not just like a bunch of dudes in a circle jerk. Like I'm all down for it. So, you know, I really want people to like, just 
really changed the world of wrestling and not just like you know treated like spring break so whoever's serious man I, like that's who i want to associate with you have you have this weird actually refreshing outlook on the business because i'm a fan who's been kind of led in via pd and doing this podcast i i've gotten to know a lot of guys that would normally give me the time of day the wrestling business has this really weird old school code do you seem like a guy that backstage kind of thumbs his nose at it, just kind of does his own thing? And I would I I would don't know if I'd use the word standoffish, but are you kind of backstage when everybody's clickish, just kind of do your own thing? What 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 does Darby Allen is backstage? I guess is the question I'm trying to ask. Uh, you can't find me backstage because I we've been in Daly's place now for the last year, and I've like it sounds ridiculous but i literally change in the boiler room by myself i lock myself in there and i just come up with storylines all day and working on promos and working on everything that i've i do outside of the ring all the business deals and random stuff clothing line uh i just feel way more productive not hearing people's gossip about stupid who slept with who and who's talking to who i don't have time for that I really like it makes me I'm like it pisses me off and I was like I don't so I really just feel super more productive when I'm on my by myself but when it's time to go out there and put a match together or put a storyline together I'll be like totally in your face like super collabing and just talking but otherwise man I really like to be left alone all right so you like to be left alone you know kind of do your own thing and stuff but so how how'd you get started with AEW was did some like did Tony call you up or Cutie Marshall or, or did somebody call you up and be like hey man or did did they find you did you find them how did that transition happen uh somebody uh Cody asked for what my contract status was and I was signed to Evolve at the time okay and then uh right when I caught wind that he was even interested uh I like called him like 30 times <laughs> I didn't know I was like I was like yo dude I'm in I I all I heard was like creative freedom and like you know like all right AEW create freedom do your own thing I was like all right I'm in I'm in like just like I don't know I don't care what lengths I have to go like to get out of this contract let's just say I got out of that contract and um there's a lot of uh yeah man it was pretty much me just calling Cody off because I didn't know anybody else. I didn't know the Bucks. I didn't know Tony. I didn't know Kenny. I didn't even know Cody. Um, he was just asking because I guess uh, I started having a string of matches and evolve with like Walter and whomever, okay. you know, and I like, was like, oh, like, who, what's this guy's this guy's deal? So, you know what I mean? So it was, it was, it, I don't know, it was cool. Well, you know, one of the things that I love about you is that your aesthetic really makes you stand out regardless. And what I mean by that is like your style, your persona, because I feel like what you are in the ring is the guy that I'm talking to right now. And I don't see that a lot with professional wrestling. I feel like it's like, you know, there's the guy and then there's his gimmick, you know what I mean? And with you, it's very, very similar. And there's only been a few that I've come across in my lifetime that the guy who is in your face outside hanging out going to a baseball game whatever it is is the same guy that's in the ring so for you like building this character since it is i think very close to you unless i'm way the fuck off you're talking about like 
you know, pushing the envelope, you know, up here, how do you go about, where do you draw your inspiration to bring that next level of Darby Allen out? Dude, I honestly just watched like skate videos and like punk rock and everything like that. Like I get way more inspiration by those worlds to bring into this world. Um, and this, that is literally, I think people like Stone Cold said it best, like their personality turned up to 11. That's all I am. You know, I want to act the way I do in the ring 24 seven, but I'd probably fucking jail. But uh, um that's the that's the thing is um it's just it's it's real cool because at the end of the day all i ever wanted in life was to be accepted for myself and the fact that i uh can do it on this this uh platform is amazing you're a skateboarder you come out riding your skateboard we've seen over the years uh people kind of fall walking out to the ring do you have that kind of in the back of your head when you ride your skateboard down like all right better not screw this up now or i will forever be known as a gif or gif depending on where you are or you know you don't want to be titus o'neill at the end of the day no like the biggest thing uh is just paying the skateboard community with like the proper respect you know because at first I was kind of worried that, Oh, I'm going to write it down and everyone's going to think it's like a, you know, a cash grab or a gimmick or what have you. And I was like, man, I just, the skateboarding was such a big part of my life. I didn't want to disrespect it with like, you know, trying to make it look corny. And then, uh, so I was like, man, I got to really, every time I do anything skateboard related on the show, I got to like kill it and, you know, really push it just like I would years ago before wrestling. But, um, yeah, man, there's always those thoughts in the back of my head if I was going to fall <laughs> on the skateboard. But, uh, you know, I play it, I play it pretty, uh, pretty safe when I'm going down the ramp when we used to do. I can't do that at Daly's Place because there's like a little two stair and there's no ramp. Yeah. So uh, I feel like uh, I feel lost without my skateboard. But uh, Sting's uh, pretty cool to replace the skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, um speaking of playing it safe you said playing it safe you know with the skateboard sometimes and everything do you ever think like you're a young dude man do you ever think like hey man 10 years from now you know i, I should probably uh evolve my style to be like maybe less risky because you take it hell hell of a bump all the time like so many bumps do you ever think like man to to have longevity in this i'm gonna need to tone it down a little bit but still at the same time not cheat the fans uh it's hard with me man it's like i'm all in or nothing for the most part and i always made a commitment to myself that i'd rather have a real short career and then uh just push it hard every day and then uh just try to focus on outside projects you know when wrestling when the time's up but uh so as of right now i feel like i'm just gonna keep going and going and going until my wheels fall off but I don't know, man. I feel like I said, I feel wonderful right now. I've been doing that uh, DDP yoga with Dallas over at his house. And I'm insane about like physical therapy and what, you know, I don't take any drugs. I don't take aspirin or anything like that. I just take, uh, I just take a bunch of ice baths and, you know, yoga and just, uh, yeah, man. Self-healing. Good. Awesome. I love it. There's one guy that you could get in the ring with right now you know, out of any promotion, who do you think's the best fit for you? Dude, 
I'm going to tell you, like, my favorite match before coming to AEW was against Walter. Just that, that's like my, my biggest style is the David versus Goliath. Um, I remember I went to Mexico and then I, I, I was t- telling the promoter, I'm like, hey, man, like, this like style of like six man just ding 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 like million spots like that that that's not gonna best showcase Darby Allen. I need to like sell and I need to do like some storytelling. And I always felt matches against big guys like Walter was the best thing. So you know somebody along those lines like like a Walter if uh someone outside of AEW it'd, it'd be like that definitely to showcase you know what makes me me. So so who taught you? I mean, we talk a lot about trainers and whatnot, but you you say you like storytelling, put matches together. Who taught you the more cerebral aspect of match putting together? I don't even know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. Um, or what you draw from inspiration? Let's go that route then. Is is there like a certain because like me, I'm an old school WCW guy, NWA, and like if I were to put a match together or come together with a storyline, which sounds like you guys have a lot of freedom in drawing a storyline together, that probably would have been the route I go. What would be your influence then in your own mind? Well, you know, when I first started, I would always use like this analogy from like for like film and stuff like that. You can either have a movie that's like, uh, for a good example, I don't know if you remember that movie, The Expendables, where it's just like crazy, like crash, like explosion, explosion, explosion. Or you, because by the time you leave the theater, you're all like, well, that was cool, but it doesn't like hit you hard a month later where you really stop and like, yo, it hit, like, hits you deep in the heart. And as opposed to like a random movie, like I'm going to, I don't know, like Goodwill Hunting or something like that, like something that like is like a real good story where they're like, oh man, like leaves you thinking about it after you, you know, get out of the theater as opposed to being like, oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, move on. So that's how I wanted to view my wrestling because I remember just being on the independence when the like first match would be like, boom, 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 boom. And then I would like, then I'd be like, oh, I just want to like sell and try to tell a story. And then I, you know, it felt like it was really working um, just to separate me early on away from, you know, getting kind of like in the shuffle of everybody. So I don't know, man. I just used like those analogies just, uh, you know, so yeah, um, I guess. Yeah, no, because I mean, if, if anybody doesn't know Darby Allen and say you walk through the curtain, right? And they're like, okay, who's this guy? They probably look at you and be like, okay, he's going to be that car crash type guy. You know what I mean? Like, bam, 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 just like you said. Uh, and you're trying to separate yourself, right? And then you're with Evolve. All right. And it seems like Evolve is, mm, I wouldn't necessarily typecast them as that kind of style, but is that why you didn't like being with Evolve for so long? You're like, hey, man, I just, I want to do my own thing. <laughs> I didn't like being involved because I was homeless living in my car. Oh, <laughs> like, they weren't paid. So it's, it comes down to the money thing, then, right? Yeah, it comes down to a lot of things money, respect, everything. You know, okay. you weren't, I wasn't getting any of that. So, um, no, but like it, like on the uh, on the independence and stuff like that, I always told myself, dude, like once once I um, once I can get on like a national TV platform, that's all I'm gonna need. 
just for the weekly storytelling because you can't really it's hard to tell like stories on the independence yeah. when there's when no one like you know a lot of people like companies try but not a lot of people are gonna like go on youtube and watch the stories so they come to the show and be like i don't know why these two fucks are trying to throw down tonight but who cares like let's just watch the car crash but uh that's like that was like the biggest thing i was like man i just need like weekly tv that's all i need that's all i need and then it feels great to be finally in that platform but not only that like when i read the numbers of like my matches being the highest viewed segment on the show it means the world to me because uh i don't take any of that for granted awesome well i think that's like you know it goes back to my point about how you stand out and you are something different and the, one of the things that you said earlier in this conversation was about that creative freedom which i feel like i see a lot more now but mostly in AEW or an Impact or Ring of Honor and that, and that and those things. But as a wrestler and as a performer, which you know you guys are, are artists, I would I would say. I mean, I hope I'm not you know speaking out of turn here. But um, how important do you think that is to have that creative freedom to express yourself there? Dude, it's everything. Like it's literally everything. So I can look back at my body of work and know that I put everything into it as opposed to just like you know collecting a paycheck and being told how to act you know because at the end of the day you know when this is all said and done i want people to really like look back and be like yo darby did it his way and everything so it means it means everything to me to have that for sure you know i i you know i talk about like oh yeah i was broke living in a car i wasn't getting any money that's just because you know i had all these crazy hospital bills but at the end of the day like i i knew where that road was going to lead that was going to lead to 205 live and i wasn't going to play that game and just get lost in the shuffle so um so from there i uh yeah man i just everything i'm doing i i love right now that's another thing that i wanted to sorry dennis to cut you off to to also put a spotlight on is like it's that earning your way to get there you know what I mean? It's about like, I've been there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Living on a buck a day or whatever it was, however we were doing it, you know what I mean? Not having a place to go to sleep or whatever it was, but like then at, you know, cause what it sounds like to me, and this is, I just wanted to piggyback this question, but like how important is it for you um, to be where you're at now? I mean, it's a lot of guys can take this shit for granted, right? So it's like, you know, how important is it for you that growth? Dude, it means everything, not just for me, but for my friends and family. Like I've literally, I bought this 14 acre house out in Atlanta and then I've had all my delinquent friends live downstairs in the wrestling ring. We're trying to renovate their lives. And uh, they're just piggy, like they're, they're like piggybacking off of like what I was able to accomplish. And then I show them firsthand, like, dude, it's possible if you guys like just really believe in yourselves because they all started on you know the same level as i was you know dishwashing like doing you know living off of like nothing so you know it's cool to have them come down and just show people like that's why it means everything i don't take any of this for granted so so what you're saying is i can live in your basement <laughs> getting yeah, out. But you, gotta, you gotta sleep in the wrestling ring that's where they all sleep <laughs> bigger than my apartment right now uh, anyways, <laughs> but let, let's let's go back we've talked a little bit about your run in the indies who was your first major match against, or who was your first major, uh, I guess, past, present wrestler that you got in the ring with? And side question here, 
have you have you felt like you've made it yet in the industry and what was the first moment where you you had that all right i've made it now uh i would say the first like real guy to i felt like it was like a, a big big deal let me let me think here because i want to make it a good one you know, honestly, I, I, you know, it sounds like cliche, but I, I, I think it's a guy like Ethan Page because we we were I was a random kid from a seminar and I got picked to wrestle him and get my ass kicked for three minutes in a squash match. But the fact that he like took the time to build a story out of that and then we've been feuding ever since it like, you know, it, it means a lot that's that's when i really like with him i felt like okay this is a this is a big deal because it's hard to have people like sometimes like some people that are like on the the big parts of the indies to uh really like take the time out and you know cut a promo on some random kid from a seminar and the fact that he did that you know and we built something out of that meant a lot to me and uh so now it's like in a weird way i'm like repaying the favor on the AEW scale of just, I'm going to make this fool, you know, like he kind of did on the independence with me. So, you know, and if someone has to break an elbow to get there, we'll cross that bridge. But uh, I feel like um, the first time I felt like I've really, really made it was when I could, <laughs> could like afford rent for the month with just, <laughs> that was it, you know, cause like, I I moved to Orlando and I was like, and then I was like barely getting by. And then I was like, yo, screw this. I'm just going to live in my car. I'm not going to, I don't want to hand out. I don't want to ask, yo, can I sleep in your couch for free? I was like, I'll just live in my car. And I moved down to Atlanta and was hiding out in the parking garages. But uh, yeah, once I started getting rent, that was pretty cool. So you're, because now you're, it, to me, it seems like you're living your best life. I mean, you, you accomplished so much like uh, skateboard world, wrestling world. What's, have you thought about like, hey man, I I did so much already in these industries. What industry are you gonna take over next? I have a lot of plans, a lot of a lot of plans, a lot of plans. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I'm constantly working on that day and night. I'm flying out to like Los Angeles, having meetings with a bunch of people, and just yeah, it's nice. Um, I'm just trying to transcend wrestling and bring everything like grow and then bring it back into wrestling kind of like what rob deerdeck and bam margera did for skateboarding yeah with like their show and then transcending just skate culture and then having everybody like oh damn i'll buy one of their skate that's what i want to do for AEW. i want people to see what i'm doing and then be like yo like this guy you know you know, if they might have fell out of love with wrestling or what have you, but I want them to be like, yo, like this is different. So yeah, that's like my goal is just to connect with the fans that maybe fell out of love with it or never even gave it a chance. So, Well, part of my, um, you know, potential, um, how would I say ignorance, but one of the things I see a lot of bands doing and, you know, shit, we've been doing it for, for years is we'll put out a skateboard right or a skate deck so are we going to see or have we seen a darby allen aew skateboard deck because i mean as a marketing guy how how if it hasn't happened why the fuck not 
it, it, we've been talking about it for a long time, but I'm trying to connect with this company, a real skate, skate company to collaborate with. And we have a bunch of big time, like people interested, but it's just dealing with the contracts. It takes time. But, uh, you know, if I, <laughs> if I could do it myself, I'd just sign anywhere, anytime, like, yo, let's do this tomorrow. But, uh, you know, unfortunately I can't. So you have any hobbies other than skateboarding and wrestling that we may not know maybe you're an undercover call of duty guy what what does darby <laughs> allen do when he's not killing himself in two sports to be honest i haven't played a video game since 2009 so <laughs> like um i would say you know besides filmmaking i guess you know uh i i really just like um man i like to be like an entrepreneur and just try to start random businesses and stuff like that it's fun so. do, you, do you still I, I know i don't do a good job at it anymore but you know ever since i got in the wrestling business many many years ago it seems like i watch less and less wrestling do you find yourself like you know obviously you grew up a fan do you find yourself watching less wrestling now or do you watch just as much dude i, I watch less only yeah. Only because I don't want to be inspired by anybody else. Okay. You know, like you'll watch a match and you're like, oh, yeah, that got a good reaction. I'm going to copy that. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're like, damn, man, like it might either A, it doesn't work or B, you start looking like a clone. And like, I don't want to do any of that. So I'm very, uh, I don't know, man, I've heard it with like whether it's like directors or musicians can't put a name to it but i've heard like some people do the same thing because they just don't want to be inspired by something else and it's like in your subconscious like oh man like i really gotta hit that or do that spot and you know so i really dude to be honest i probably watch more old school wrestling yeah that's that's what i do too it's kind of like you're taking old stuff like that maybe happened 20 30 years ago and be like man it'd be cool if we put a spin on that storyline you know like i mean you could draw your inspiration from there like yeah that's how i feel yeah, like old, like, you know, like Bret Hart matches and stuff like that. And just all that stuff, like Dean Malenko. Like, I always like to uh, go back and watch old, all the old things. I don't know if it's because currently, like, when you're – I don't want to say, like, everybody's, like, competing against each other because that's not what it is. But I just don't want to do something that's, like, somebody in 2021 is, like, real – picking up on, like, real hot. And then you just try to almost copy that trend and, you know, so – it's it's meant yeah so i don't know well, you know i mean we've shared a lot of each other's stories to each other on off you know over you know these last couple months and one of the things i wanted to ask you and i know you're pretty young but i know that you've experienced a lot and you've been sort of yeah you, know, you know like myself for instance i'll just talk about myself for a second married and divorced twice been on the street grew up in product housing, did all the stuff, right? That shapes us to who we are. What is the biggest obstacle do you think that you've ever had to overcome? Uh, probably believing in myself. <laughs> you know, it sounds like cornball, but it's true. Like when you hear everybody say you can't for so long and you start believing them. And then once you, once you like say, fuck it, I'm doing it my way and I'm okay with failing that's uh that's like the biggest obstacle is just your own brain it's not like you know it's not what anybody else it's just like your own brain and like you know telling yourself so funny story i uh 
I uh, Rob Deerdeck went to this hypnotist, and he credits that hypnotist for all his, his all his success, everything. So I went to that same dude, and uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I was like, yeah, man, fix my ass. <laughs> so, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, dude, it's weird. When I started doing that, like I literally life just started getting incredible, and you know, just a bunch of things, like everything, really started falling into place, and it was like it was crazy, you know. But like he told me, like Rob Deerdeck's story was like the reason Rob, you know, it took him so long to get over that hump is because his own mind holding him back because he was just some you know, skinny white kid from Ohio, you know, so he's like, I'm not worthy of me being a millionaire. I'm not worthy of being on TV. But once you start breaking those mental blocks down, anything's possible. So, you know, I started doing that and uh, life's been pretty cool. So I don't, I'm not sure because I am not uh, hip as the old kids or the new kids would say hip in the whole skateboarding world. Um, old man Farrell here. Uh, is there a lot of crossover between skateboarding and wrestling fans? When you show up to a skateboard park, are people like, "Hey, wait, you're you're fucking Darby Allen. What are you doing here?" Yeah, I, I skate with a lot. Like when I go to parks, there's a, quite a people that actually like. I, I feel like they're filming me, but I'm not sure. But then right before I leave, they're like, "Yo, Darby, can I get a picture?" I'm like, "Man, you should have just said what's up in the first five seconds." Because I love skating with like people that are like you know down with it. But uh, yeah, dude, there's I just know based off of all my like core like skateboard people, they were like really big into it in the Attitude Era, and that's like my goal is like, dude, I gotta try to like, bring those guys back, you know, and just be like, yo, like when I jump on people with a thumbtack skateboard, that shit's real, man. And <laughs> thumbtacks are ripping them apart. They're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll check it out. So what can you do? Hey, I want to, so I want to share a, a guilty pleasure um, with you. And then I want to ask you about it. Um, <clears throat> I know that sounds weird, but it, it'll all make sense. Uh, so I, I don't have cable, but uh, after, you know, we do our TV tapings, um, I go back to the hotel, I turn on some cable, right? And uh, every, I mean, my guilty pleasure is it's probably because it's on 24 seven is I, I'll, I'll watch ridiculousness. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to watch like, you know, maybe a, a couple minutes of it or whatever. But then I find myself like four episodes later and two hours in, I'm like, man, why can't I stop watching this? Um, that, can you talk about like, you know, your time with ridiculousness and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I had this like crazy skateboarder friend named Matt Schlager. He was uh, flown down there to be a special guest on the show because uh, he tried to ollie uh, the equivalent of like a 32 stair in the rain and just totally ate shit. And uh, so I was talking to him like, man, I got all this crazy footage. Like, And he's like, yeah, I'll just hook you up with the producer. So I was just sending in all the footage and, you know, they were hitting me up and it was good. It was it was real fun to, uh, but uh, the the most I guess the most gnarly one that I did was lick the gum wall in Seattle. Oh. <laughs> like I, I licked the whole entire wall and I bit the side off of it. Ah! Yeah, I was like cheering it. Gnarly, bro. Uh, I you know I got tested the next day because I was like, <laughs> people were like, people were like yo, you know like rats yeah. pissed on that and like you know whatnot and i was like oh yeah like it tasted good though <laughs> but uh to, like that 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 type of stuff like ridiculousness that's when 
that's when it started giving me confidence uh, to, I was like, all right, cool. Like, cause people say like, you're a freak or a weirdo. But then when you say that, yo, I was on MTV though. Like all those people are like, well, that's pretty cool though. I was like, but a week earlier you were saying I was a fucking loser. But uh, you know, it's just it, it. Those shows are those shows are fun, man. They're, they're really they are addicting. Like I don't even have a TV at my house because I'm I'm scared of it. But uh, that you'll get addicted to it probably. Like yeah, when I yeah, do. Yeah. Like when I watch ridiculousness, I'm like, man, no wonder they have it on twenty four seven. They keep the viewers probably the entire Dude, time. That's I I've noticed that. I looked it up and I was like. Man, I just want to see what's on MTV these days. I was like, ridiculousness, ridiculousness, ridiculous. I'm like, holy shit, dude. What the? I was like, but I guess it works, you know? Yeah. But what can you do? Like, yeah. So, man, I got to get Wi-Fi at least. I don't got nothing in my house. Well, that show, I mean, when I first got turned on to it, it was by my, my buddy Chris Powerhouse. and Because it is literally on all the time on that channel. And it's, it's a shame what that channel's become, but that was like a, almost like a saving, saving grace. Cause I mean, it's very enjoyable. And like you said, Peter, you can just get lost and lost and lost. But I want to kind of take it back to, to the wrestling thing. And cause you were talking about like, you know, going to this, this hypnotist, then having this change and that, and you're having a perspective change is what it sounds like to me. Like your perspective changed to, to whatever it was. And then that relationship changed. So with the wrestling, when did you like kind of go, okay, I'm kind of doing this thing over here. I'm kind of doing this thing over here, but I need to make something number one. Did that happen for you? Or like, how, how do you feel like you manage all of these different things? Oh man. So you're talking about like all the outside world things mixed with wrestling. Uh, I literally just, I committed everything to wrestling as much as possible. Like I, I still skated all the time, but I wouldn't like try to film a video part or, you know, I, I literally like put everything into this. And that's why, like, you know, I wanted to, when I moved in my car, I moved to Atlanta and then I was just training in this ring that was like open ring every day. I was like staying there and I was like training and like, I wanted to put 110% to it because I'm so passionate about wrestling and everything. It's like the best of both worlds. Like skateboarding is like really awesome. Filmmaking is really awesome, but like wrestling in a weird way is like a mixture of both of them. It's like uh, it's like physical Broadway. That's how I like to expl explain it to people that, you know, are like, Wait, what, what's the deal with them? Like it's physical Broadway. Like, you know, you, there's nothing else like it. It's, it's so awesome. So it was like mentally, it was like checking all my boxes that I was like looking for in life. And so I was like, dude, I'm going to, I'm going to put everything into that, everything. So, you know, it, once I was targeted on it, like it was pretty, pretty like uh, easy to stay on that path because I, you know, I don't know, man, I, I was really just getting super hyped on it. And, and, you know, it was, I felt like I was clicking you know, like re relatively soon because I was a year in and that's when like, you know, I, I started actually like getting noticed. So I was like, dude, I, you know, can't take this for granted. We've talked about how long you want to go in the industry. Do you have a game plan? Is there a certain level in your mind that if I can't hit this, I'm out? Or are you open to evolving your style 
to maybe a less, you know, crash and die style of wrestling into more of a mat technician kind of wrestling to keep you going longer? Or are you, are you set on if I can't do A, B, and C, I'm done? I would say if I can't do A, B, and C, I'm done. But I do love technical wrestling. It's like my favorite. When I started training, it was a lot of world of sport-based, you know, yeah. stuff. Like, that was, like, my favorite. And I can do it. It's just uh, I love to do it when the time's right. But that there's that mental, you know, high that I search for. And <laughs> there's no better way than just to, you know, I don't know, man. I've been hanging out with, like, Guys like Travis Pastrana and stuff, and he gets me hyped to just get crazier. So, like, you know, so. So I, I'm not gonna ask this. I'm gonna ask this question, but in a different way, because I, I don't think that, like, with the forbidden door open, uh, I was gonna ask you, like, who do you want to wrestle, right? Um, but you don't strike me as somebody that's like, hey, man, I just want to lock horns and and wrestle this guy. Uh, you, you strike me as more of like, just with all your storyline and the way you, you think and everything. You strike me as somebody who would be like, hey, man, I'd like to tell a story with this guy and this character and his character or her character. Um, who would, like, if you could choose any promotion or whatever, looking at an individual's character, who, who would you want to, like, have a good feud with? Tell a good story with. It's a, it's, it's a tough one. Um, God. But I had to pick, you know, either somebody like Shingo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, somebody like, God, man. Because I, I remember back in the, back in when I used to wrestle guys like Tim Thatcher. Yep. The story would just write himself. He'd be like, you, you're nothing more than a sideshow act. You're not what professional wrestling is, you know. Him and Walter both, that's like, that was the stories, man. Like, you guys, you don't belong here, man. Like, you're just a crash test dummy. You're kind of disgracing wrestling. So somebody that's like such a purist, like just like a straight-laced ass kicker, that's who I'd want to get in the ring with and tell a good, tell a good story with. Just someone that you're kind of like, in a weird way, you're like fighting for their respect yeah. while fighting them. Um, you know, I feel like a guy like Shingo, uh, you know, because he's so he's, you know, through that whole system, you know, so straight laced and like, you know, I'm going to kick your ass. And I really like that. So. Awesome. Having Sting, I want to talk a little bit about this, too, because I know Dennis, you know, was was mentioned it, but. So, and I know that you said it's sort of calmed down. He's, he's sort of, you've sort of become, he's sort of humanized himself to you, right? Yeah. And, but like, okay, so when you guys are chilling, what is like, what were you like the most amazed about? Like, oh, Sting likes fucking burritos or <laughs> likes the jam or, you know, like what was the one thing where you were just like, whoa, like that's something I'm into that he's into and this is fucking Sting. Uh, one second. Let me make sure my phone doesn't die. All right, I'm rocking. Uh, I would say the number one thing with Sting is just like we were in the back seat. We went out to uh, Huntington Beach, met up with um, Johnny Christ of Avenge Unfold. We're filming with it, like with when, I'm horrible with cars, but he has this really rare car. We we're uh, filming with it and stuff, and just like 
having Sting sit in the back seat, and I offer him, hey, you want to sit, like, shotgun, because the uh, cameraman was driving, and Sting's like, no, man, I'll just sit in the back seat. And we were just messing around, and, like, I'm like man, we have a real tight, real tight uh, schedule of, like, how we're supposed to film today. We're going to do, the, we're going to paint our faces in the car. And then he was just like, just his reaction, everything was hilarious. So he's just down for whatever. And we're like, I'm just trying to paint my face in the little window. And he's he's like, dude, I'm not going to paint my face in this car. We're going to get there first, then I'll paint my face in a mirror. And I was like, all right, dude. He's like, you like to, you like to like show up at the airport with your face painted. You like to go out and eat with your face painted. I don't like to do that. So just uh, his, like, he's just funny guy, so. We've, we've got time for one more question a piece and I want to touch on double and double or nothing, double or nothing up, which, which I'm a huge fan of the double or nothing to AEW stuff. I, I have to ask you, they're talking about bringing this whole place full of fans. Mm-hmm. What? And we talked to Dalton castle the other night with ring of honor doing the same thing. What do you have to rein yourself back in a little bit, not to kill yourself to make it worth the emission price for the fans that are going to come out to see you. Cause it feels like a guy like you, you will break your neck to make sure that this first full packed in show at, at their version of WrestleMania, you are going to break something. Uh, God, I hope you don't. Cause if you do, you cannot blame it on this podcast, <laughs> but you strike me as that kind of guy. Do you feel like sometimes you have to rein yourself in, especially with this big show coming up? Dude, honestly, man, I've been going hard this whole year when we're during the pandemic it's like because like i know just uh i never want to be that guy who like phoned it in just because i know there's no fans so um i man dude that 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 pay-per-view is gonna mean a lot to me you know what i'm willing to do i don't know yet like we'll cross that bridge and uh yeah man i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be a trip because i like we talk about takes things for granted you know i remember being you know wrestling in front of a full crowd and you just think it's gonna go on forever and then you know i was like damn man you it's gonna be it's gonna be a special night i'm uh definitely looking forward to what happens you know so who knows dude See, I'd, I'd be interested to see just with your style. And I don't know. I mean, I know you haven't been in, in the wrestling business that long. Um, have you been over? You just mentioned Shingo, so it it reminded me. Have you been over to Japan? Did you work overseas there? No, never. Oh, do, do you aspire? Yeah. Like, did you grow up or or do you are you a big fan of Japanese wrestling and, you know, their yeah. style and everything? Dynamite Kid, man. He's like my favorite. Um, yeah. I really like that. I just, like I said, it goes back to like, I just like people that are like super serious about it. And for some reason I would always watch like those like old Japanese matches. And it looked like there was like, these are guys that are living for this and they're dying for this. And then everything was so serious. And I was like, that's what I want to surround myself around. And, you know, so yeah, dude, I would have, I would love to go out there, you know, when the, when the time's right. Well, I guess my last question, I'm just going to, I wanted to talk about you, you know, not only being, you know, the face of the company for a while here, but now I hear through, you know, a a various place from various places that you guys are moving from TNT now to TBS, which is going to add another million viewers. 
And my, I guess my last question to you is, do you feel like there is no ceiling for this company? And it's maybe it's a two-part question. Do you feel like there's a ceiling for this company? And number two, what's gonna what's gonna make you stay there? I don't feel like there's a ceiling to anything. And you know, as long as like when we start having, you know, collaboration with people that want to, you know, think outside of the box, there, you know, and connect with all these other people, all these other entertainers or you know, entertainment from around the world, man. There's like no ceiling. And I feel like that's what's like real awesome about AEW. And I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited about that, the TBS thing and just seeing what doors it opens and who there like continues to grow and not be complacent and not be, you know, yeah, I feel like there shouldn't be any comfort zones and just constantly surround ourselves with people that want to grow as the company grows. Because if we're not growing as performers and the company's growing, man, like kind of <laughs> kick rocks, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I really want people to take it super serious, dude, because uh, this changed my life and I want it to be just as serious to everybody else, man. So, yeah, there's no glass ceiling. May okay. third, what Dennis? Dennis, um, you know, he, my buddy didn't answer the second part of my question. I'm sorry. But, so Darby, let me take it back to you. What's going to keep you in this company? You know what I mean? What's going to keep you there? Oh, in AEW? Yeah. Oh, creative freedom. Real quick. You know, and I know that the WWE wouldn't know what the fuck to do. With you. <laughs> Dude, they would, I they never would drop the ball so hard. It would be, it would just be like half a hand job and not the better half. It would be, <laughs> Like, you know, it would just be the worst thing ever. So what I want to know is, it's like, what's going to keep you here at this company? Which I think is like, you know, I don't know. Because a lot of people want to take the money and run. I get that. I'm not that type of person. I know that you're not that type of person. But what is it truly going to take to keep you there? Dude, creative freedom. That's all it is. Like, just having a say in, you know, my, my you know, my life. And the fact is I was given the ball and I like ran with an AEW and that's all I ever wanted was the ball, you know? So as long as I have that creative freedom, dude, shit, man, that's, that's all I need. You know, obviously like you're living very comfortable in AEW, but there comes a point where like, I ain't going to sell my whole, <laughs> like, I ain't going to sell my dignity for a paycheck, you know, cause you can have all the money in the world, man. And it's a lonely place if you're not mentally like there. So, yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, I, I don't want to dude. I literally don't want to go anywhere. I'm so like happy there. You know, you, who else is going to let me jump off a ladder? Tony Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> and who else is going to let uh, Snoop Dogg take a dive off the top, top rope? You know what I mean? It's like, you're in a really good place. Yeah, man. <laughs> AEW's double or nothing May 30th make sure you get it on pay-per-view you can catch this man Darby Allen tagging with Sting going up against Scorpio Sky and one all ego Ethan Page Darby thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight I know that you've got places to go we can actually see you in your car trying to go there so 
We really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. For everybody, we will say our goodbyes off the air, but thank you so much for watching. And uh, we'll see you guys on the flip here at the Wrestling Perspective. Wrestling Perspective.